Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and authorized financial advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. To my guest that I had on the show last week, Barry Lavalley, who is a Canadian retirement expert. G'day, Barry. Good to have you back again. Good day to you, too. It's great to see you. Good to have you hey, here. Hey, I, I heard you and I are about the same age, so we kind of look at things in a lot of the same way, I think. Well, we do, yeah. And I think um, yeah, we've got a lot of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Wisdom. Not, not, wisdom. We are, we are, uh, yeah, yeah. Knowledge is, is, people have knowledge, but it's the wisdom. Yeah. Now, also, I think because people of our age, there's an expectation, I think, uh, perhaps around us that you get to a certain age and you should stop work. What do you think about that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the person that wrote down all these laws that you have, because I have a feeling they don't live in the real world. But unfortunately, they have lots of followers. And so this idea that you work until you don't work and then you have permanent vacay is um, uh, seems to be the way of the day. I call it the 30-year-long weekend. Yeah. And, but, but in fact, if you had the 30-year-long weekend, you won't last 30 years. You'll die. Yeah. You know? You've right. got to use it or lose it. Yes, do. And also I think that if we, if we reflect on uh, other years, of the golden years, you know, men and women tended to work a lot more manually, a lot harder, and when they came to 65, they needed to retire because their bodies were worn out. But it's generally not the case these days, is it? Well, no, but that generation, too, was only going to live seven years. Yeah. So, like, like, you know, they had a manageable vacation at the end, mostly beset by health issues that came to, for old people. And when you were 65, a generation or two ago, you were old. Yes, you were. But uh, I don't feel, I'm 70, I don't feel particularly old right now. I'm 70 and I'm 35 in my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? Now, you're here to work, uh, you've been working with uh, the team from the Stewart Group. What, what drew you back to the Stewart Group? What do I? I'm sorry, I missed Wait. that. Uh, what drew you back to help the Stewart Group out? Oh, um, well, I like coming over here. Uh, I have a lot of friends here. I'm doing an Australia New Zealand trip. Uh, so I get to see both, and it's really reuniting with old friends. Um, I didn't bring my wife this time. Uh, we have a little dog at home and couldn't find a sitter, and mm. little dogs is important to our family as I am, um, uh, more important. So she didn't come. But I had the opportunity to come out and um, spend time with old friends. I love the New Zealand uh, and, and Australian people. Um, they remind me more of Canadians than Americans. Yep. So it was just the opportunity to do what I love to do and do it in a place that's wonderful to visit. Now, before you arrived, I did some uh, research on uh, on retirement, and you're, you're a retirement expert. 
And uh, one of the sites I came across said that there are probably five or six steps that we need to look at for our retirement, and that not necessarily in any particular order, but uh, number one on the list I've got is plan early for your retirement. How early should you start planning for retiring? Well, I think from, from the time that you can start putting aside some money, um, now, there's two ways to plan for retirement. You plan financially, which simply means you've got to pay attention from a very early age at what you're putting aside to fund a lifestyle today and in the future, mm-hmm. all right? And the operative phrase being and in the future. The second thing that prepares you for your life is not to prepare you mentally for retirement, but pre- prepare you mentally to take advantage of all of the things that life has to offer at any age. And so it's as much about managing your mind and your preparedness for the future than anything else. Uh, I think we we look at retirement in a completely back-assed way because we look at it like it's a destination. Um, We should be planning for this big date when you turn 65. and, uh, And I think that's a terrible way to look at life. I wonder, though, um, when we get to retirement age, whatever the age that might be, we might decide that we pull the pin on the day we turn 65. We might want to work towards 75, which is the the sort of road that I would like to go down. But I wonder, I think the average man who is bringing home a salary, he's got a wife, he's got a family, he might be renting, he might have a mortgage. To be honest, um, in my opinion, he's never going to save enough to live his retirement the way he might want to live it he's probably going to exist so what would you recommend that someone do to make sure that they can in fact live a good retirement i mean when in my early days uh, my wife and i my wife and i uh, we had three or four houses on the go besides our place that we lived in and we worked really really hard yeah you know, yeah we yeah. did them up ourselves and you know we put our neck on the line for them and so we've been fairly comfortable as we, we get through our life, but not everyone can do that. No, and, and society's dirty little secret is that most people get to retirement and they just don't have the money to afford yeah. the life they aspired to have. Exactly. Um, you have to be a particular kind of individual to put money aside today for something that may not happen for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But you have to start training yourself that you have money that looks after you today and gives you the life that you want, but you can't sacrifice the future for the present. No. Right? Now, here's the unfortunate thing. I think a lot of the younger generation uh, is not looking at the future and saving for it because there's so much uncertainty in the world that they don't know if the future that they aspire to have is even going to be there. But what's the reality of that? I mean, uh, I think if you you look anywhere, particularly if you're a, a web surfer, you go down rabbit holes, don't you? Yeah, yeah, very much so. So where do you get the real oil from? So, so I come and see someone like you in a professional capacity, and uh, you're a very positive guy, I must, uh, might suggest, a, a driven man, driven businessman. You've been around for a long time. You've done it. Why is it that old guys like you and old guys like me, we can be realistic about what, what's going on. We can see there is a future, but what, what's, what's holding young people back? Um, I, I think holding young people back is the fact that the world is – an uncertain place and that uh, I, I sense with the younger generation, especially in North America, that it's uh, it's very much a hedonist culture and yeah. that they've basically giving up, given up thinking about the future that wasn't what they were told it was. I mean, I have a 31-year-old son who works hard but can't afford to buy a house. Yeah. 
And so that whole generation that, you know, before us that bought houses taught us that you buy real estate. Then we get this younger generation who can't afford it. Uh, And so they rent. And that takes away the uh, desire to even save for the future because Mm -hmm. they'll find somebody will find some way to conspire to take that money away. So let's just have a good time and uh, whatever happens, happens. But if you put yourself in that position, Barry, um, like I say, you're a driven businessman. If you were in a situation where uh, you couldn't afford to buy your house, it wouldn't wouldn't bring you down, would it? You'd look for no, else. no. I mean, uh, uh, we rent right now, believe it or not. We we sold our house, um, and we found an ideal place for my wife and myself and my little dog, mm. and it is perfect for us. Now, should we buy? Should we just take the money? Because we could take the money and buy it. Yeah. But I just kind of like the freedom of not owning it, not paying taxes, and 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 uh, just focusing our efforts on other things. We yeah. take magnificent trips, and, and uh, uh, we're focused. Uh, we're more and more focused now at 70 on, on making sure that we have the future looked after, but that, that our focus is moving more and more towards living today. When you say that the young people are looking around the world and saying, oh, woe is me, you know, um, fortunately... Um, I didn't go through a war, but uh, you know we had the First World War. We had the crash of the stock market in the thirties. We had uh, we've had wars. We've had the crash of the stock market in the eighties. We've had the uh, economic uncertainty in the early two thousands. Nothing's really new, is it? No, it isn't. And that's that's maybe the point that um, it may look bleak now. But but my view of if, if everything looks bleak, then I'm looking in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to step back and look in the right places. Yeah. And if there is a whole future for you out there that isn't bleak, and they can have as many wars as they want, but it's not bleak because it has to do with you and you seeking to enjoy life. That's worth saving some money for because if you've got a nest egg, you put money aside, it makes that future that much more happy. So you even have more control against all the bad things that happen. Right, so that's a reason to save for the future. What do you think of uh, the New Zealand KiwiSaver scheme? I mean, uh, you know, once you put money in that scheme, unless you're a first home buyer, that money is locked in until you get to that retirement age of sixty-five. I personally think it's a great idea. What about you? Yeah, I think it's a great idea too. Um, we have something similar in Canada, although we have something called the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. And you get a tax break when you put your money in, and you can start taking the money out when you get to be age 70. Mm. But you can always withdraw it earlier, cash in your RSP, pay the taxes on the money, and you get access to the money. I think any savings scheme is a wonderful way for forced forced future savings. So I think think Kiwi and the way that KiwiSavers operates here I think is a fabulous way to do this. Do you think that uh, a savings scheme like KiwiSaver and like you have in Canada, do you think it should be compulsory? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, I do. We've got to save people from themselves. Um, So um, I I think that the more that government can step in and help, the less the government ultimately is going to have to spend on Mm -hmm. things like welfare payments and you know, trying to look after people who are totally impoverished. They need the government's help. Uh, so it saves the government money. It certainly 
takes money from people and they don't tend to miss it and they build it up. If they did it on their own, they just don't have the motivation to do it. There's a song by a Kiwi singer that you're probably not familiar with. His name was uh, Ray Columbus, and it was called People Are People. And I wonder, in your travels, because you're a world travel man, do you find that the, uh, the attitudes that you're talking about, young people that are pervading, say, Canada, are they the same here? Uh, yeah, I think uh, not, not quite to the same extent. Um, uh, we've been pretty well ruined as a young generation in Canada because we get such exposure to the bad things that happened in the U.S., and... Um, uh, I think that our sense of optimism when we're younger is not as high as it once was. Mm. Um, and, and it just comes from the fact that when the future is uncertain, for whatever reason, you don't tend to be as invested in it. Yeah. You know? and, and yet, I, I don't think that there's a lot of major things that are still going to be there 30, 40 years down the line. Mm. Uh, and so why throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? They hear horrifying stories about how much money you need to retire. And uh, I always, whenever I hear those figures, I always sort of throw my hands up in disgust and say to my wife, who are they kidding, these people? I mean, who, what average working man can save, for instance, $2 million? Well, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah. It is. Uh, I think financial institutions promote that yeah. so that, you know, uh, a lot of Kiwis can, can retire in considerably less than they've been told. Well, some couldn't retire on two or three hundred percent of what they've been told, given the plans that they have. Yeah. So, what are your recommendations to someone who's uh, looking down the track at retirement? Um, what might you be saying to them about? Well, you know, you're a good example yourself. You had it, you owned your own home. You decided to sell it and rent because you're at that age where it doesn't matter that you don't own your house anymore. You no, it doesn't matter. You know, um, already had the ego house, so I got rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, now a house to me is a place to live and feel comfortable so yes. that you can do all your other adventures. Um, my advice is decide what you want this last third of your life to look like. Yeah. That's something we do have some control over. And I redefine what retirement is. Retirement isn't not working because we're going to keep doing what you and I do. Yeah. We're going to keep working. Retirement is when you wake up one day and you decide that from this day on, you can do what you want and when you want and how you want. You're retired, yeah. right? You want to work? Go work. You know, you have choice. And if you accept that that is the way you plan for your future, you plan to have the life you want, then the first thing you better do is build a roadmap to what that life looks like it's just common sense and we call it purpose you know what's your purpose in life and then you you meld your life to that using your own choices i wonder just listening to what you're saying and you've almost convinced me in this uh this interview that uh you know i've always been that sort of guy that i not must have my own house but i enjoy owning my own house and i want to own my own house until the day that i'm no longer on this mortal coil but just listening to you now, it just makes complete sense. Why would you? Well, if you want to look at it from a financial standpoint, given that real estate prices don't keep going up and up and yeah. up, and, you know, um, then from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make much sense. No, it doesn't. So uh, I want to keep whatever cash I can keep to do the things that I want to do. I just need a bed. I need a yeah. place to live. Absolutely. And I don't have the ego satisfaction, which means I bring invite people over to see the big mansion. Yeah. 
right? It's just a house. It's just an apartment. It's just a place to live. Do you think it's important that uh, we work on paying down debt as we're working through our lives? So even if you buy a house and you've got a few bucks uh, spare, what should you do with that money? Should you live your life or should you say, oh, let's pay down some debt? Is debt debt a good thing? I I think debt's a good thing for for some people. Um, But I think debt is also mortgaging your future. So there's a trade-off there. Um, I, I have taken on debt to do something. Um, but at the same time, I recognize that, that the, the cost of debt goes beyond what you have to pay back to the bank mm-hmm. or to the credit card company. Yeah. So I think you look at the value of what you're buying and decide, is that worth it in my life? Because most things we buy by using debt decline in value mm. over time. So it's for present satisfaction as opposed for the future. Now, there are some kinds of debt, borrowing to make an investment, for example, that are smart. But credit card debt, in order to fund your cash flow, et cetera, I don't think that that's too bright at all. If I can't afford it, I'm not going to buy it. When you hear about banks falling over and, you know, people are going to the bank to take their money out, it does start runs on banks, doesn't it? And and I think once we hear that, even my wife was saying the other day, ooh, this could be a bit serious. And I said, look, don't worry about it because I think our, you know, our banking structure in New Zealand is probably different from what's happening uh, in the U.S. of A. It is, and the same in Canada too. We look, uh, you know, we've got safeguards in place. Now, look, between you and I, I mean, that just because there's safeguards in place doesn't mean something of could course. happen. That's right. But that's the nature of life. I trust that the people who know a lot more than I do uh, have been able to put safeguards in place to stop the runs. But if you take a look in the states where it's very much an entrepreneurial spirit in the banking system, the, a lot of those safeguards have just been run right over. And then, of course, everything collapses, and we think the whole world is coming to an end. Now, we're just about out of time, and I just wonder, being the retirement expert that you are, when you get up and you do your, your, your talks, your motivational speeches about retiring, what are, what are your top three tips that you might have to give to someone who's thinking, thinking retirement? Uh, number one, have a purpose. Like have uh, a, a, an idea of who you are, what you want, and what this life is going to look like. The second thing is be prepared to roll with the punches that you always have to have a plan B for everything because uh, as we get older, life is going to change. So you could have a perfect life, but as you get older, things might change. So you've got to always be able to adjust to the change. And the third thing is maintain a sense of optimism. Look at what life is and how wonderful it is. Mm. It's glass half empty or half full, not half empty. Yeah. And live your life like this is a gift, where, regardless of where it came from, it's a gift. And you want to live each and every day to its fullest. Absolutely right. Now, if we were sitting down here in five years' time. And I hope we would. And I hope we will be. What do you think we'll be talking about? Do you think uh, things will be markedly better than what they are now? (sighs) No, because they're never better than, you know. I mean, um, the world goes through ebbs and flows. As far as you and I personally, we're going to be talking about what it's like to be 75. Yeah. But you know what? we got a whole lot of people out there listening who are also going to be 75, and we're going to talk about the magic of getting older yeah. and the things that are available to us then. Barry, it's been my pleasure to talk with you.